Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Broja. What's popping, good people? Welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast, presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay. As always, I got my guy with me, Young Vander. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy things, what's going on out there? Yo, we have a lot to go over from week eight, news, notes, injuries. Tomorrow's the trade deadline, so a few uh, guesses as to what may happen within the next 24 hours as far as that's concerned. So action show for you today you're definitely going to enjoy if you're looking to join us please join us on the facebook group at the fantasy football fiend family facebook group on ig at fantasy football fiend and if you need to get any information to us for promos advertising things of that nature fantasy football fiend that's f-e-i-n at gmail let's go ahead and jump right into your news And now your fantasy news. All right, good people. So week eight, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, several injuries. Let's hop right into it. Starting out with our running backs, Cooper Hubbard, who had an ankle injury. It's looking like he's going to end up being good to go this coming week. He's been uh, back in practice, isn't showing any lingering effects just yet. So it's looking like he will be back in the fold in week nine. DeAndre Swift, he still is 100% after his uh, ankle and shoulder injuries that he got prior to last week, but he was able to play in this game. So it is anticipated that he is going to be able to take on a little bit of a larger role moving forward. We also had head coach John Harbaugh say on Monday that Gus Edwards is now dealing with a mild hamstring injury on top of coming back from the ACL injury that he suffered last year. So he's considered right now to be day to day between what Hubbard is dealing with, with the angle Gus is dealing with as far as his hamstring is concerned. Does any one or the other kind of give you more calls for pause or would you not really want to barring a significant improvement, not really want to deal with either one of them this coming week. And then also looking at the fact that Foreman decided that um, he was just going to be a stud. There's that part too. Yeah, I wouldn't be interested in any of these guys, honestly, uh, because their replacements are playing so well. I think the injuries are pretty significant, being that they kind of week-to-week injuries. And I don't think teams would be in a hurry to rush these guys back because of the replacements playing so well. So I wouldn't be on any of these guys, me personally. Mark Ingram also had a little bit of an injury. It looks like he's going to be out three to four weeks. He had an MCL sprain. Hopefully, I'm not depending on him, but that may actually be good for the Kamara owners because the little bit that he was kind of spelling Kamara, 
he may not be doing that anymore. Um, whoever is his replacement is may not actually do it quite as much as he was able to. We'll have to keep an eye on that and see what goes on in that Saints backfield. Wide receiver injuries, you had Keenan Allen, who is dealing with a hamstring. He didn't practice on Monday. Jets head coach Robert Sala said Monday that Corey Davis is day-to-day with a knee injury. Rashad Bateman is in line to miss, as they're quoting, some time with a foot injury. He's week to week. Cooper Cup is, is day-to-day. He's expected to play Sunday. He had an ankle sprain. And Devontae Parker suffered a, a sprained knee during Sunday's game, but he isn't expected to miss any time. Keenan Allen, what else is new? Basically. Um, you know, Corey Davis, that's more of a day-to-day injury. I think he'd be fine, maybe. I will watch him in practice to see if he's on limited basis or uh, missing practice. Of course, Rashad Bateman, he's week to week. He's going to miss that time. Cooper Cup, nothing to see here. They say it was more of a tissue than a ligament um, for his that. Uh, he even came out himself and said, man, I dodged a bullet. So when I heard him say that. So it's pain tolerance, basically. Yeah, I was pretty comfortable. Like, all right, cool. Nothing to worry about here. He should have been in the game anyway, but that's another story. And as far as uh, Parker, I mean, the knee sprain, I think he's going to miss sometime, maybe not extend it. It's possible that he can maybe miss a game. As far as tight ends are concerned, we have Andrews, Baltimore tight end. The coach is indicating that his issue isn't anything to write home about. He shouldn't have any issues going into next week, which is great for that team because he's their number one wide receiver, although he's a tight end. Not so much the same news as far as tight end Herb Smith of the Vikings is concerned. His head coach, Kevin O'Connell, said Monday that he's week to week. So whenever you hear terms like week to week, you can pretty much be guaranteed that he won't be playing this week. And it was a high ankle sprain at that. So a lot going on in the way of injuries. James Conner is deemed to be day-to-day by his head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. He really didn't give that much of a vote of confidence that he thinks is something that won't linger. But as far as him being out with that rib injury, it's day-to-day right now. So he may try to give it a go, but as of right now, he he's he's not close to 100%. And those ribs can be very tricky. But uh, Eno Benjamin, week before, um, week, week seven, he was able to actually show and prove a little bit. Week eight, eh, not so much. So the door is going to be wide open for James Conner whenever he does come back. Is James Conner somebody that you would try to buy low and stash? Or due to the multitude of his injuries over the years, would you just go with Eno because he might have a, a you know a, a larger workload when it's said and done um, for the rest of the year anyway? Absolutely not. This is a lemon. Okay, Snoop. <laughs> yeah. This is a lemon. This is a okay. lemon. This is a, you know, a lot of states got that smog ex- inspection. Wait, wait, wait. Connor or Eno is the lemon? Connor. Connor. Okay, okay. Yeah, smog inspection. Like, he had to go through an inspection in order to even get on the road. And I know he a filter in the inspection. So, nah, you can't even get insurance on this car, man. Savage title. Water damage. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, don't do it. Don't do it to car, yourself. The Carfax report ain't going to come out clean on that nah, one. Nah, man. Don't do it to yourself. This car was in Katrina. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't do it to yourself here, people. There's so many other um, options out here right now. That's one I wouldn't go. Now, if someone come to you, you sell them. Sell low. Sell high. Just sell them. But I, don't, I shouldn't see any buyers on this. Not at all. 
Kyron Williams of the Los Angeles Rams could be returning from IR in week nine. This is interesting because I've heard a lot of different rumors as far as the Rams are concerned. They were in the market for CMC. Also, I just saw some news that they may be in the market for David Montgomery, and it would be kind of like a running back swap, if you will. But they would give up a pick and Cam Akers for David Montgomery to join the squad. So it looks like they're trying to get Cam Akers out by any means necessary, fill that role with anyone who may be even lightweight capable of of, of doing so. Daryl Henderson hasn't done a bad job, so I'm not exactly sure why they're kind of like in, emer- in emergency mode as far as getting another running back, but that's what's going on right now in the Rams' backfield. You got any updates on that? No, I'm interested, interested to see what this Kyron Williams looks like. The, those I heard on Acres, it if they're not able to trade him by Tuesday, he'll just remain on the on the club for the rest of the year. So, you, will he play though, or is it just going to be we're going to pay you, but we don't want you to be anywhere involved with our team? Uh, that I couldn't tell you because I know they as were allowing a, him to sit for the last two or three weeks and just right. deemed it as being personal. But he's not getting docked pay because the team don't want him to be there as much as he don't want to be there. Yeah, I mean, as a fantasy owner myself, I have cam makers. I picked him up with the free agent list, mm-hmm. and I and I held him specifically for the trade deadline. If he's not moved by tomorrow, I'm cutting him. Gotcha. I wouldn't care. The Rams do keep him. I'm not involved. You know, I want to be involved in it because he hasn't been playing well. We ain't given opportunity. I think he's a year uh, away. Like I said, a lot of these injuries, people come back and they, they need an additional year. I think he's just one of those guys. So right now, Harrison Bryant, the tight end for the Cleveland Browns, is supposed to be filling in for David Njoku. Njoku had an ankle injury, so he's going to be inactive. We'll kind of see how that works out for Harrison on this evening um, as we're recording during the game. So we don't exactly know how it, you know how that'll end up for him, but he will get a little bit more of an opportunity with that being the case. Nico Collins was dealing with a groin injury. So he was a non-participant in practice this week, and that pretty much takes care of the injuries and things of that nature. So let's go right ahead and hop into the weekend review. All right, so we had a pretty decent weekend of football if i do say so myself some surprises some things were right on time other things it was just like whoa did that really just happen (laughs) the first game of the week was the ravens up against the buccaneers with this game i was a little surprised honestly pleasantly surprised by the ravens and somewhat disappointed by the buccaneers Luckily, Gus Edwards, as we reported, did avoid major injury as far as that game was concerned. We saw Kenyon Drink recorded a receiving touchdown in the win. He rushed seven times for 62 yards and brought in four targets for five yards and a touchdown. Devin Duvernay had a significant role. Uh, He had four targets. 31 yards, rushed twice for for 33 yards, and he also had a touchdown. Also, in his regular and reoccurring role on special teams, he was able to put up 72 yards as far as special teams were concerned. So the guys that needed to step up were able to step up, such as Isaiah Likely, who was able to shine in the absence of Andrews. So how are you liking the prognosis for Baltimore going forward here? I mean, I feel no different than I felt early in the year. They look like Baltimore. Lamar Jackson continued to play well. I think it's pretty obvious that Kenyon Drake is the better back in this backfield. I understand Gus Edwards came back. I understand how bad it when to get Dobbins going. 
Drake, give me Drake for my money. Um, he's just been playing the best out of the guys. The, the kid likely looks really good. I like likely maybe even next week as a streamer. I know they're saying uh, Andrews is day to day, but they do have a, a buy in week 10. So with the buy being, you know, the following week, it may not be a, a, a hurry to rush him back. Pay attention to the news. You never know. I like likely. It seems like Lamar is really trying to get him involved early and often. Uh, one of the biggest takes for the book, the Buccaneers for me is, uh, Again, the, we've seen the right on the wall with Rashad White. He's really chopping up pieces in that backfield. For man. sure. Um, for he, is, he had 43 total yards. Uh, he rushed four times for 19 yards and brought in all three of his targets for 24 additional yards in the loss. So I'm not sure what's going on. At first, I was thinking, okay, maybe they're trying to, you know, save Fournette, you know, for the around the playoff time. Uh, right. Late part of the season. But I don't know. Like, y'all guys need to win some games. I mean. Facts. They, might so, not, they may be saving him for something that they don't get to at this point. Right, right. And Brady, I mean, this isn't the team from last year. I've explained to a couple guys. Not. You know, the offensive line is different. Gronk is not there. AB is not there. And that's a big difference. Huge. You know? Just to give a little bit more info on the Buccaneers side of things, you had Kate Otten, who had a pair of grabs in the Week 8 loss. He ended up with two out of his five targets for only 15 yards. One of the biggest losses in the game was Shaquille Barrett, who ended up suffering Achilles tear. So he probably won't even be available to them a good bit of next year. And he's one of their best defensive players. Fournette rushed nine times to 24 yards and brought in all three of his targets for 34 additional yards. No, no one to really write home about. Julio Jones ended up scoring a touchdown, but that's pretty much all he did. He had two or four targets for 21 yards, so the, the touchdown saved his day, but most people weren't playing him, so the touchdown really didn't mean much. Chris Godwin had the best day and was the most used. He caught six of his 11 targets for 75 yards. Mike Epps, you know, he ended up catching six of 11 targets. He actually had the best night with 123 yards. Unfortunately, no touchdown in this one, but Brady just hasn't been impressive. I mean, 26 of 44, 325 passing yards and one touchdown. Luckily in this one, no interceptions, but Brady hasn't really been Brady as of late. Or maybe he is Brady, the 45-year-old version, and there is no getting back to good. To Brady's defense, though, I mean, if you watch some of the Buccaneers games, like a lot of his receivers is not helping him out. A lot of it hasn't been him. It's not like he's just playing terrible. I mean, a lot of times the receivers isn't. Mike Evans is playing well, but, you know, Godwin, I think he's not 100%. You got Julio, who's, who knows, you know what I mean, at this point. So, he just don't have the weapons, and again, that offers a line. So, I think Brady is about the same, I mean, as far as, like, you know, ability. I don't think people need to get down on him yet as far as, like, oh, he fell off. Because they've been waiting to say that for the last, like, five years, so. Um, Try the last decade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was supposed to be gone. Yeah, so. I think he's, ability-wise, I think he's there. I just think the team is not that good. I mean, let's just face it. It's just not that good. And the reason why Fortnite's not getting a lot of those touches is because they're not able to run the ball. And people don't talk about it much, but I think that not only are the players different, obviously, some several of them, but Bruce Arians had more of a fingerprint on the post of this team than people realize. Like, I, I really believe a lot of their success was because of his brash type of attitude 
Todd Bowles is more of a get in how you fit in, you know, I'll let the players play kind of a kind of a guy, it seems. And that don't seem to be it for this group. They they were better off when they had the asshole in charge, is basically what I'm saying. Well, they had a better team too. Well, yeah. True. That's, True that's not get that's not get Arians too much credit, but I feel well, you. Uh, a piece of the reason why the team was better, I believe, had to do with him. That their offense just isn't looking the same. Like on offense, they lost a couple of O linemen, which is vital. The Great one players. I don't think it's I mean, they had the same OC. Calling the plays that I mean, the team is the only thing changes the players. The coaches, has, even though Arians is out the way, I mean, what's my guy's name from Jacksonville? Leftwich, Byron Leftwich. Yeah, Leftwich is still calling the plays. So, yeah, I mean, that hasn't changed. It's just he don't have the same guys. Like it's different. The Miami Dolphins go up against the Detroit Lions. Dolphins end up winning thirty-one to twenty-seven. This was a game that Detroit should have won by all accounts, but they again let it go in the second half of the game. Chase Edmond had an unimpressive game. He had four carries, ten yards. This is exactly what I expected to see from Chase Edmond. The only reason he still has a job, in my opinion, there is because you just can't depend on most start. But as long as he is healthy. He's the best guy there. He had 80 all-purpose yards. He's a clear number one option at this point. I wouldn't even be surprised if Gaskins ends up usurping Edmonds at this point because he's he's just not the guy. Mike Gusecki found the end zone. He brought in three of his four targets for 38 yards and a touchdown. You had Jalen Wallow, who had a pair of, of, of TDs this week. He brought in eight of nine targets for 106 yards and two touchdowns. Tariq Hill had a massive output in week eight with 12 of 14 targets with 188 yards, rushed once for seven yards. So even without scoring a touchdown, he was able to put up a monster week. Tua picked up right where he left off. He had 29 of 36, 382 yards, 19 yards on five rushes. Well, he also had three touchdowns and, and no interceptions. So Tua has definitely taken the next step in his maturation process. And it looks like he's going to be Miami's guy for the foreseeable future because of what he's able to get out of Waddle and Hill. But do we think that Miami can keep up the passing game the way we see it right now? Or is it just something that defenses need a little bit more time to figure out? Real quick, can I get my respect on the tour thing? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, <laughs> nah, I don't think there's nothing. I mean, they're dinking and dunking. It's right. Not, I know a lot of people gave Tariq Hill a lot of flack when he came out and said tour like the most accurate quarterback ever played with. But this guy is actually accurate. I and mean, he's, he don't, he's number one right now. Yeah, you realize that, right? But that's always remember that's always been his thing, though. It's just True. only twenty. It was all twenty yard balls, though. See what I'm saying like the the, yeah. the, the Chad Pennington thing. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. anything twenty yards and in, that's that's on that's on the money. Anything after twenty five yards, it gets dark. But he has the right skill players. You understand? Like these are yak guys. Waddle, Tariq, these guys are, you know, you yards after the catch. It. Right, yards after the catch, guys. So he can throw 15 yards, throw a 12-yard pass, and then them boys will get the rest. You know what I'm saying? So the way they're running this system, it fits him perfect. Now, this game could have been even crazier, or Tariq could have even better output if this boy can get that long ball there. Because Tariq has been burning some guys, and he's Bad. still the kind of weak for it. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, jumping into the defenders and all that. If he can get it out there, his numbers look a lot more impressive. So I was impressed uh, by Tua. As long as he can I, I want to see him get hit though. What happens True. if he get hit? True. He, he didn't Indeed. get hit this game. That's the thing about that. As far as the Lions, he still could be just one hit away as, uh, from from another concussion or a season ending type situation. Right, right. Career ending. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the way he was throwing up that west side last 
last time he got hit. One of the surprises, though, I mean, Swift played his game, but Williams had a better, not only output, but he kind of controlled that backfield. So I was a little surprised by that, being that Swift did sit for a while, even though the St. Brown hmm, didn't get quite going. Swift was good out of the backfield as well. So this thing like it's going to really be a two-headed monster. Uh, it's going to be like a it split. It looks like it needs to be, because Swift can't stay healthy. It look, they need to give him less opportunity, to be honest, if they want to keep him. Well, Swift is looking like the better pass catcher. And he is. Jamal looking like the better runner. You know what I'm saying? He, he's definitely the goal line guy for sure. Yeah, and that's what they're going with. So yeah, Amon a- Roth brought in seven of his 10 targets with 69 yards. Um, no touchdowns this week. Then you had DeAndre Swift, who did get a receiving touchdown. He rushed five times for only six yards, but secured all five targets for 27 yards and a touchdown. Jamal Williams had a pair of rushing touchdowns. Now, the issue with the the backfield in Detroit is, do you go after the touchdowns with Williams or do you go after the yak and the receiving? I, I guess Williams may actually be a better standard player and Swift a better PPR right now, as long as they keep using them the way they are? Well, the thing about Jamal, he can also catch the ball himself. True. So, I and mean, he's he a caught, good run, just a runner in general, first and second down back. Too. Right. He caught three balls, you know, for 23 yards, so not bad. I mean, I would go with Jamal on either standard and PPR as well. Swift is looking more just like PPR, and that's it. You know what mm, I mean? But Jamal, okay. he kind of fits both modes. And then you had TJ Hawkinson. He ended up with the team high with receiving yards. He had four targets, ended up catching three of them for 80 total yards in the loss. But he's still the go-to guy as far as golf is concerned. Golf didn't have a bad day as damn self. He ended up completing 27 of 37 passes, 321 yards, one touchdown, no interception. Um, So nothing weak winning, but nothing that would have lost you the week either, which has kind of been his story in, in, in other games and in past year. I'm trying to figure out what it is that they need to fix. It's like, I, I like the way they're playing. I like the direction that they're going in, but they just still out winning games. They're in all of these games now, which is a little bit different than what it was before, but they just aren't winning them. And well, I think it's on defense. They're putting up points. Right. You give up almost 400 yards passing. Worst defense in the league, but has one of the best offenses in the league. Maybe they're just one year away from putting it all together. I think they're getting it together. I mean, they just drafted the guy, Hutchinson. Right. In the, in the draft this year. I like him. He looks pretty good. I yeah, and they got a cooler the year before corner. Right. So I think that it's just a slow process to kind of build back what our old boy tore down. Yeah, so Matt Patricia right. did them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they're going in the right direction. The Arizona Cardinals went up against the Vikings. That was 34 to 26 win for the Vikings. As far as Arizona was concerned, you know, Benjamin ended up with 45 total yards in the loss. He rushed nine times for 22 yards. No good at all. Secured four of seven targets for 23 yards. So in PPR, he didn't ruin your day. Zach Ertz found the end zone. He ended up with four or five targets for 34 yards. Rondell Moore had a season high in receiving yards. He was seven of eight for 92 yards. DeAndre Hopkins is and will remain that dude. 12 of 13, 159 yards and a touchdown. Kyler Murray, all in all, had a pretty decent day. 31 of 44, 326 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions in the loss 34 to 26 to the Vikings. As far as the Vikings were concerned, they were able to get things uh, going in the right direction. Little known tight end that nobody has, Johnny Mund, he was able to put up a touchdown. The significant thing about Mund is with Irv Smith out and them still going to the tight end position, he may be someone to look at if you have any significant tight end issues. Um, He's definitely going to be the starter. KJ Osborne ended up securing a touchdown grab. He caught two of five passes for eight yards and a touchdown. 
Um, Alexander Madison did pretty decent. He scored a touchdown in the win, rushed five times for 40 yards. Dalvin Cook, 141 yards and a touchdown off of 20 rushing attempts. And as far as Kirk Cousins was concerned, he attempted 24 passes, excuse me, attempted 36 passes, completed 24 of them for 232 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. Oh, it was a pretty good game. Very entertaining. Just real quick, man, moving forward, Kyler Murray is not a good quarterback. Football-wise, he's a great fantasy quarterback. That's just what it is, man. Like, guys are going to get their numbers. D-Hop's going to look good. I mean, fantasy-wise, they're going to do well. But as far as winning football games, I don't really see it. It was good to see Rondell Moore. He finally got in the end zone. Kind of, he's probably a guy that's still available in some of your leagues. Um, so he'll be a guy that I would look for our waivers. Uh, one of the one of the things that was kind of taken away from this game, uh, Justin Jefferson. He's kind of came back down to earth in the last couple of weeks. A lot of you guys spent first round picks on this guy as a late. Mm, now you really get that production you want to, you know. Yeah, he um, ended so. up bringing in six of eight targets for ninety eight yards, no touchdown. Right. So that's not what you're looking for when you first round pick on a guy. Dalvin Cook, good to see him, see him rolling that shoulder. It looks good to me. And the Vikings is pretty much taking. I mean, think about it. The Vikings are six and one. They taking over that division. That sneaky six. You know, you heard all the talk about the Eagles. Being undefeated you hear the bills you hear the chiefs but you don't hear nothing and, about them nah, <laughs> they just like don't don't pay us no attention they're just sneaking along their way and yeah. in the nfc so their path to doing something special is a little bit easier than being in the afc 100 man <laughs> this this next game this next game is gonna get me to cussing i'm gonna tell you right now <laughs> the new orleans saints went up against the las vegas raiders and i am befuddled because how the hell can your offense be this bad if you're the Raiders? you got too many pieces for your offense to not put up a single damn score. Not even a field goal. We won't even go over the numbers. They all suck. How are you so bad at quarterback that Devontae Adams has less than one fantasy point? Less than one point in a standard league. I don't get it. I don't know if McDaniels isn't simplifying the offense enough for them to just be able to go out there and play it or what. Carr has never looked this bad. What the hell is going on with Las Vegas? And the Saints, they put up 24 points. They did what they were supposed to do. Dalton is looking like he has a bit of a resurgence. Whether or not he'll continue to be the quarterback after this year, I don't know. But barring any horrible games, I think he might actually finish up the year. Hmm. I mean, one thing about this game, man, the Rays went five for 14 on third down. That's a recipe to get you behind. For disaster. You know what I'm saying? So Damn shame. If you can't stay on the field, then these are going to be the results. Jacobs wasn't able to get going. He only had 10 carries. And this is a guy who was getting 20-plus carries over the last maybe three weeks who's running the ball well, but he did not get in this game. Again, can't keep the chains moving. Big surprise. I mean, Adams did lose a lot of people a lot of games this week. Facts. With his production. You don't draft him to get you zero. You know what I mean? Like right. 0.3 I mean, or whatever damn. it was. You know what I mean? So let's talk about AK-41. You know what I'm saying? Alvin Camaro. He has... One of these games every year. Oh, you yeah. Could, I, you could count on him to have one of these type of games. I was lucky enough to have the combination of having Adams and going up against Kamara. So you know how that ends. Mm, yeah, he, he does this every year. He gives you one of those, and this is one of those games. Three total touchdowns, over 150 yards uh, from scrimmage. Andy Dalton's playing pretty well, And this is the first well game too. that he scored a touchdown in, and he caught up right. for the season. Right. Basically. I like getting his owners. I think he jumped from, like, running back, like, 21 to, like, running back eight, like, one game. Crazy. Finally getting those, uh, those Kamara owners something. To smile about and be happy about so i think they do well moving forward i think they got their quarterback
quarterback right now. I think Andy Dalton is going to keep him in the driver's seat. The Patriots went up against the Jets, and this was a game that uh, all the Jets fans just had penciled in as a win. Didn't quite work out that way. Um, the Patriots ended up with the 22-17 to win over the Jets. This was a pretty interesting game to me because you had a lot going on. First of all, I was one of the ones, and I still am one of the ones that are banging the drum to get Zappy back in there because the offense just looks different when he's in there. I still don't believe the offense kind of ran the way it could or should, but you had Jono Smith who recorded three catches on Sunday out of his four targets, only 10 yards. Hunter Henry only made one catch, so the tight ends weren't really involved. Nelson Aguilar caught one pass. Kendrick Bourne records one pass. Tyquan Thornton, he was on 61 snaps in week eight, but he still ended up not really doing very much. He caught one of his two targets, although he got quite a bit of snaps in, so he was out there on the field. Again, pedestrian numbers for most. Devontae Parker ended up getting hurt. He had that knee injury like I spoke of earlier, but it looks like he'll be back. Jacoby Myers is definitively the guy. He had a touchdown, caught nine of 12 targets for 60 yards. Now that he's working in those touchdowns into being a PPR gold machine, I mean, he's he's one of those guys that the name hasn't quite caught up with the production. You still might be able to go out and get this guy for, for next to nothing just based on people thinking that he's going to be the pumpkin and not carrot. Damian Harris ended up with 11 carries for only 37 yards, caught two targets for 15 yards. It's becoming very much apparent that Ramondre Stevenson is the better back. He rushed 16 times for 71 yards, caught seven of eight targets for another 72 yards. So again, the reason I'm not worried about Ramondre Stevenson as much as we were worrying about running backs of the Patriots in the past, he has two different roles. So even if it's light on one side, he's still going to get the go on the other side. Right now, Stevenson is one of those guys that it's kind of like one of the only quote unquote bell cow. I, w- I wouldn't call him a bell cow, but leaned on running backs out there that's producing on a consistent base right now. Matt Jones, <laughs> he completed 24 of 35 passes, 194 yards, one touchdown, one interception. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's my fandom and you know, the most popular guy in the room is always the backup quarterback, but I like what I'm seeing out of Zappy a whole lot better than Jones. What you got on the Patriots? Uh, the Patriots. They need an offensive coordinator. Um, that was my eh? takeaway from this Touché. game. It's good to see Stevenson, even though Harris has been healthy the last couple of weeks. He's still the man in that backfield. Those seven balls he caught were very, uh, you know, gives a good sign. He's really a three-down back. Uh, he just looked like the better back. So the way he's playing just let me know that Damian Harris will not be there next year nah, if he's not I mean... traded by tomorrow. <laughs> still, look, you Fact. know, it's, it's still possible he can move tomorrow. So let's let's wait on that. He didn't already been hurt. If I'm Bill, I sent him on up the road because I mean you already got your backup running back and you have no no intentions on signing this guy so go get a late round right. pick for him go get a fifth round you know something like that and let him go Zane Wilson is bad <laughs> I mean I guess he's bad like he's just I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if the Jets look for a quarterback in the draft and, and call it a you know a competition I can see it um, he only completed 20 out of 41 passes he did have horrible 355 yards and two touchdowns but he also had three interceptions under 50 so good that he did he he undid it with the interception they would have won this game without three interceptions honestly and the, it also showed the run game wasn't able to get going I'm not gonna say they won't have a run game I mean the 
pitches are pretty good against the run. So let's wait a week or so. Let's see how that thing pans out for James Robinson, the new addition. Speaking of the run game, Michael Carter had seven carries and he also had seven targets. He only got 26 yards and he caught four of the seven targets for 35 yards as far as the receiving was concerned. So he did nothing special. James Robinson, he only had two less carries. He had he had nine less yards, 17 total yards, and he didn't catch his only target. So nobody was able to run well as far as the Jets were concerned. Garrett Wilson ended up having his career high with 115 yards in yet another week where Elijah Moore got absolutely nothing. He had one target that he didn't catch. Tyler Conklin ends up scoring twice. He caught six of 10 targets. I'll say that again. The tight end, Tyler Conklin, caught six of 10 targets, 79 yards and two touchdowns. Meanwhile, Elijah Moore had one target and missed it. How is Tyler Conklin getting more love than Elijah Moore? And you're not willing to trade Elijah Moore. I don't get what's going on here. Uh, It's a lot easier to throw those tight ends, I mean. Speaking of Tyler Coughlin, this is a guy you probably want to grab on your waiver. Right. He's only 12% rostered. I picked him up in the league today. A lot of guys having bye weeks this week, tight ends. There's been a lot of injuries to tight ends. This will be a guy that you may want to look into. Uh, they do have a bye coming up week 10. They got Buffalo next week, so temper your expectations. If you're in a pickle as far as your tight end, this may be a guy you want to give a look. Give me your opinion on whether this next team is still the carriage or the pumpkin. But the New York Giants ended up losing this week to Seattle 27-13. to With this one, we had Daniel Jones, who was completely shut down by the Seahawks. He completed 17 of 31 passes, only 176 yards. He added 20 rushing yards on six carries, but definitely nothing to write home about. Kenny Galladay was out again. Bellinger, who was out, ended up having to get eye surgery. We were talking about him prior to. Saquon Barkley, he basically saved his day with the touchdown, but he rushed 25 times for 53 yards, got the touchdown, caught three or five targets targets for nine yards. Darius Slayton had five catches on six targets for 66 yards. Wondell Robinson was a big disappointment. He was held to two grabs on Sunday of three targets for only 15 yards. That's kind of where we are as far as the Giants are concerned. Are we ready to say this is more indicative of what we might see from them? Or is their record of being six and two actually apropos? No, these guys, like I said before, they've been overachievers. Uh, If you look at the games they they did win, I mean, they want some close games, but they was out there playing with a lot of heart. Uh, you know, eventually the real will shine through. They beat a good Ravens team. Are they better than the Ravens? Of course not. They sweep by the Jags by less than seven. They got by the Bears uh, by eight. They got by the Packers by five. Like, there's a lot of close games. And uh, I just think the Giants are not really that good of a team. They skate by, got some wins here. They won some games that they maybe shouldn't have won. And uh, it's just starting to really show through now come through like they have no wide receivers on give, the outside should we give brian dabble more or less credit then that he's been able definitely to give his record no no less of a team no dabble definitely deserve his credit getting those six those six games right now they got was a hell of a job because he doesn't have anything but saquon park he doesn't have any wide receivers everybody's either hurt or hurt so he, he's doing the best he can with what he got so uh, he definitely deserves a ton of credit because these these guys are playing over what they are, what they are, you know what I'm saying. So they're definitely overachievers. So for sure, Dabble deserves a ton of credit. And when he gets his guy, this thing is gonna look stupid. Like I can see several free agents wanting to come in to play with him because of what he was able to do with lesser talent. That that division, man, that division is set to be pretty damn good. 
Not only oh, that, wow. not only that, just keep your eyes open. Buffalo guys, true. You're gonna, you gonna see a lot of Buffalo guys go to New York or go to the Giants because they ain't already in New York, but they'll go play for the Giants if they were to leave Buffalo. They got some injuries in their secondary, some guys you never know if they're gonna come back due to those things. They're banged up. A guy like a Gabriel Davis may be up for a contract soon. New York could be a, a place that, that would be it. nice. So pay attention. See, uh, maybe I'll call that here first. Taylor, um, Gabriel Davis probably be a New York Giant one day, being that they need receiver help. His contract should be up pretty soon, so things like that. Matter of um, fact, this is year three for Davis isn't they have to make a decision next year on this fifth year option so yeah just pay attention to guys like that now as far as the Seahawks were concerned Tyler Lockett hauls in the game when he touched down he ended up with five of eight on 63 yards and a touchdown DK Metcalf scored a touchdown he was six of ten DK is a trooper for just being out there because I thought he was about to end up on IR the fact that you got a decent fantasy game from a guy that probably shouldn't even been playing due to his knee injury says a lot he's one of them and I think Seattle's going in the right direction. Um, Kenneth Walker got into the end zone. He carried the ball 18 times for only 51 yards, but he did get the touchdown to kind of salvage his day. He caught one of two targets, so it wasn't the same Kenny Walker that we saw previous week, but he he wasn't a letdown either. Geno Smith had a huge fourth quarter in the, in the win. He ended up completing 24 of 34 passes for 212 yards, two touchdowns in the win. And don't look now, but as we were speaking earlier, right now, Geno Smith is the number three quarterback right now. It's far as accuracy is concerned, as far as completions, only to be usurped by the number one guy who is Tua Tungabaloa and the number two guy who is Patty Mahomes. This guy is in rare air. Is he going to turn back into the pumpkin or was all that he needed was time to truly understand an offense? Because he's been on like, what, four different teams now? Something like that? But he's been on like bad teams. This was supposed to be a bad team. They were bad last year when, when Russell was the quarterback. Yeah, but he got talent. I mean, so I mean, what? I, I, I feel you, but it's the same talent that was there last year when they didn't make the playoffs. So it's almost as if he's the difference maker. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, I don't understand how Geno being at quarterback flipped whatever switch that flipped in Seattle. I mean, he's a different. He's. He, I mean, they also had a, a running game. Like, towards the end of the season, we start seeing them run the ball better. Do you think about it, These guys are playing with Chris Carson for a minute. We just start seeing them bridges of Rashad Penny. And then, you know, we kind of continue a little bit in this season. Now we got kind of walk us off. I think be able, being able to run the ball has opened up. Uh, other things. Like I said, we haven't seen Gino play with really good talent. I mean, who knows? The hell, they might not still make the playoffs this year. Just never know. I mean, True. they're playing well right now. Gino, like he's trying to earn himself another contract because he's playing like a you know a able starting NFL quarterback. Probably get paid some more money for that. It's good to see him play well, and uh, he's definitely overachieving because no one's seen this coming. Man, I know Sean McVay hate to see the 49ers on the schedule because Super Bowl or not, great season or not, they just do not play well against the 49ers at all. <laughs> like at all. Like I want to say the, what. The six, the six loss in a row, six or seven. Huh? It's something crazy like that. But yeah, man, it's the teacher, man. Teacher yeah. student. Yeah, that's true. I already know what you're about to do. So damn you, son. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like Christian McCaffrey, um, I guess if you're using my material, essentially, I kind of know how to counteract that. So I see where you're coming from. With that Christian McCaffrey ended up rushing the ball 18 times for 94 yards and a touchdown while adding eight receptions on nine targets for 55 yards. And he threw the ball for a touchdown. This thing with the 49ers can mess around and get ugly. I try to tell you guys. What what can't they do on offense now? Ayuk is finally stepping into the shoes and the role that they kind of had that they thought they would have for him going into I want to say this is year three for him. And that's what we tend to find. Year three is when that smoothing out period for the wide receiver happens if they aren't one of those special guys that just get it off top. But he was able to get 
all six of his targets for 81 yards and a touchdown. Debo Samuel was absent. So we talked about this all offseason, and I brought it up at the beginning of the season. Whenever Debo's down, Kittle is a must start. Mm-hmm. When he isn't, Kittle is a coin flip. And he was able to get three receptions off of five targets, 39 yards, and a touchdown. So looking at the tight end landscape, that was definitely uh, pretty good as far as what we've been able to see from tight ends as of late. Uh, Jimmy G, he ended up with 21 out of 25 passes for 235 yards and two touchdowns. Jeff Wilson ended up with six touches as the backup. So he rushed four times and then he had two targets. So he is definitely the backup. This isn't a a situation that they are kind of trying to put together a motley crew of running backs and the hot hand approach. Nah, Christian McCaffrey is that dude unless he's tired. And if he's tired, we'll go ahead and bring in somebody else. But it's looking like Christian McCaffrey is such a good football player that no matter what team he's on, he's never going to come off the field, which for a running back, isn't all that great as far as the length of your career is concerned. Man, listen. What I said about this, I said, if you let Shanahan get a a talent in his system, good luck. And that's what we have here. Like, this is the most talented back I've seen in this system probably since. Well, I'm going to say Davin Cook was a, he kind of ran, they kind of ran the same system last year with that coordinator. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But before that, I mean, we talking about the Shanahan tree. I'm talking about like Clinton Portis. Yeah. We didn't see plumbers, electricians get a thousand yards in his offense. (laughs) Boy, you got a, you got a real guy. Like, it, it can get ugly. I'm telling you, and you've just seen a small, like, think about it. This guy's only a weekend to playbook. So you've seen a small glimpse of what he can do. Him being able to catch the ball to backfield, Shanahan has never, he hasn't had that. He's had that type of um, running back, you know what I'm saying? So it's, man, he probably somewhere right now dialing up, like just drawing up stuff. But again, it's going to all go back to Jimmy G. He's the he's the piece to get them over the hump. You know, can he make that one throw, not turn the ball over? He played well this game. But again, like you said, the 49ers have these boys' number. Uh, Ayuk had a good game with Debo being out. That was kind of expected. And the Rams, their the leading rusher was Ronnie Rivers. So you were saying something about <laughs> yeah. Henderson not being that bad, but he's definitely not that good either. So he's, yeah, that Colin Williams guy, they're definitely waiting on him if a move is not made by tomorrow. Cooper Cup dodged, dodged the injury. He continued to do what he do. Scored a touchdown, eight balls on seventy-nine yards. He's he's probably the most consistent wide receiver in fantasy. Like he's gonna get your double digits. Oh, absolutely. Every week. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, no question. You know what I mean? So he's gonna get damn near twenty targets. And and he can he can do something with damn near most of them. So and the thing is he get a lot of targets, but he catch them at a high percentage. Like if he gets seventeen targets, like fifteen caught, fifteen balls. Like he Facts. Yeah, he's gonna never, do something with them now. Right. It, it ain't frivolous targets. Right. So that's a good thing about him. But the most surprising thing about the rounds that Stafford didn't throw a pick. That's the most thing I was surprised because he always throws an interception. That's the only thing. <laughs> but this is a uh, it's a decent game. I won't call this the surprise of the week, but I am surprised that Denver didn't implode. And in all honesty, you probably should have lost on purpose to get rid of that god awful coach you got. Because now he's going to probably get an extra two years when all he needed to do was lose one more game for you to get some help. Granted, he, he may get better at his job this time next year, but I would have fell on the sword on this one. Maybe depending on the way the year ends, there's still a chance that they may be able to get somebody that actually knows their ass from their elbows. But I just don't like the way the offense is running. You had uh, Greg Doches, who led Denver in receiving four receptions on five targets, 87 yards. Latavius Murray actually led the backfield. He rushed the ball 14 times, 46 yards and a touchdown. Melvin Gordon ended up rushing the ball nine times for 29 yards and a touchdown. 
Russell Wilson ended up with 18 of 30 for 252 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Jerry Judy was the best wide receiver on the day with six of seven targets caught for 67 yards and a touchdown. It definitely felt like they were displaying him because they don't they they've never targeted him that much in in any given game. So he may be on the move within the next 24 hours if they can get anything close to their liking. Albert O was still inactive, and I haven't heard any rumors about anyone that may be looking to go grab him. So I don't know if he's just going to be back in the fold and they're going to have like five tight ends after tomorrow if he doesn't get traded or how that's going to work out. But he's been active now for going on a month. Looking at the um, other side of the ball real quick, we had the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not a whole lot to speak on. Um, Jermichael Hasty had seven touches in Robinson's absence. He ended up rushing uh, four times for 13 yards, caught three or four targets for minus three yards. So I don't know. I guess he was, they kept throwing to him in the backfield, but um, they ended up, again, losing 21 to 17 to Denver. No catches for Marvin Jones. Three catches in the loss for Zay Jones for only 28 yards. Evan Ingram finally got a touchdown. He was four of six for 55 yards and that touchdown. Trevor Lawrence had two picks, only 18 of 31, 133 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Worst game for Curtis in a little while. He only had 40 yards. He caught three balls on seven targets. With Travis Etienne, he rushed the ball 24 times, 156 yards. He caught three receptions for another six yards. He's showing improvement. I just hope that he can stay healthy because I know that that's kind of been his Achilles heel, pardon the pun. Hopefully he'll be able to continue to attempt to be somewhere in that same vein as far as carries is concerned. Yeah, that was a big surprise for me. Um, I really wanted to see what that split looked like. And mm-hmm. I was definitely uh, shocked, you know, um, that they gave him 24 carries. That's a lot. A lot. I mean, yeah. For, for really. a little guy. Nice. He's not a little guy, but you know what I mean? Like, he ain't big, though. Yeah, for a guy his stature. In comparison so, um, to other football dudes, he's small. Right. So, um, man, that's, I mean, for the ATN owners, man, hey, congratulations, man. This course for you. You know what I'm saying? Congratulations like, and trade them or congratulations and keep them? Well, likely for some of us, we have ATN as a non starter. Correct. Trade him. Go really or do get you something. trade your current starter and make him the starter? If you, That's if who. you can get more for the starter. Well, I would base it on the schedule ahead. You know what I'm saying? I'll look at your playoff schedule, see what teams are ahead. Like in myself, I have an ETN. What is they kind of look to now is, okay, I also have Davin Cook as a starter. I also have Derek Henry. Two running back slots in this league. Who can I trade? I could trade Cook. I could trade ETN. And there is no flex, to be clear. So that's right. why he's not putting him in. Right. So if you if you have a hole in another position, you want to fill it, there's a need for a running back for someone else's team, then, hey, you make make some magic. Because right now, bench, so he's not really giving me uh, any production. But a case of an injury or something like that, or a great matchup, I'll maybe do the swap. I really wanted to watch and see how that split was going to be. I'm like, okay, smooth. I'll, I'll keep him. Oh, the Broncos won this game barely, and Hackett lived the fight another day. He's about to be on the way out. They lost his game for sure that drum beat was loud as hell yeah so this offense is it's still sputtering man like this defense has played amazing i mean it before this game they gave up like six touchdowns on the season and for them to to be in the position they are now it's kind of like disappointing come on broncos they gotta do better carolina panthers went up against the falcons lost a 37 to 34 painful 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 loss i'm surprised we didn't see word of of eddie panero I think his name is getting fired already. They should have won this game twice. They should have won the game in overtime because he had an easy. 
easy kick and shanked it, but he also missed an extra point, which would have kept them from going to overtime. So, man. Yeah, but to his defense, that extra point wasn't your typical extra point. DJ Moore took the helmet off and he pushed him back. So that probably was like a 48-yarder. Let's say 48, 45-yarder. Like, a 45-yard so kick, that's ordinary, though. That, that uh, ain't nothing that you should be missing. It is. Not when that's your only job. You true. got one I, job. I mean, that, that goes for all kickers. That goes for all kickers, but... Most it's of them different. wouldn't miss that. I, that that's, hey, I don't know. If that's true, then why so many kickers are wanted? We talk about this person got one job, and kicker is a job that people always flip-flopping, unless you are the Tuckers of the world. And those guys who just, you know, they gritted what they do. But a lot of these guys be flip-flopping kickers from year to year. A lot of teams. Look how many teams Greg Zerline has been on. He was called yeah. Legatron. True. And, and he's been on 14, <laughs> four or five teams. So. He had an injury that messed him up pretty bad, though. But he, he was that guy, for real. Boswell's been in Pittsburgh forever, but they rarely get rid of anybody. So that's kind of neither here nor there. But, but yeah, I feel you. I'm just saying, like, the kicker can't be the reason why we lose twice. That's too much. Like, I know that had to hurt pretty damn bad because they did everything they needed to do for that to be a win, but it's still going down in the books as a L. And you got a lot of people that's fighting for jobs, like P.J. Walker. It's going down as a L. That, that's going to look bad on his record when, when, in all honesty, he did everything he possibly could do to win the week. He should be Carolina starter for the rest of the year. All this leeway you wanted to give Baker Mayfield, he's better than Baker Mayfield, hands down. All the leeway you wanted to give Sam Darnold, he's better than Sam Darnold, at least for this offense. He, he's making it work. He, he's making these guys look like the talent that they are. No quarterback has made DJ Moore look as crappy as Baker Mayfield did, healthy mm -hmm. or not healthy. Mm -hmm. And then you go to the third string guy, and all of a sudden, DJ Moore is DJ Moore again. DJ Moore was <laughs> DJ Moore with Sam Darnold and PJ Walker. Right. I'm just saying, like, Carolina is in a really good situation right now. Their running game has not suffered. Uh, that's really one of the, the highlights of what's going on right now. Deontay Foreman runs three touchdowns into the end zone, three of them. He rushed 26 times for 118 yards. He put up CMC numbers, essentially, with their running game not suffering and their pass game now being better, their defense not having to be on the field as much. I mean, DJ Moore caught six of 11 targets for 152 yards and a touchdown. He did more in this game than he's done all season. I, I like the direction that Carolina's going in. I see an uptick for this offense. I see an uptick for this team. Mess around and get the right coach in there next year. Mess around and draft the right quarterback. Carolina could be one of those teams going from worst to first. Tampa Bay is going to be in the middle of a rebuild. I don't think Brady's coming back to Tampa Bay, even if he doesn't retire. The Saints are kind of in the middle of being good, but not quite being good enough. Atlanta, I don't know where the hell they are. They're just good enough to beat this division because it's down right now. They really have a chance to spring forward and kind of take the lead as long as they make the right decisions this offseason. I like what I was able to see as far as the Panthers were concerned. As far as Atlanta was concerned, Marcus Mariota threw three touchdowns, 20 of 28, 253 yards, two interceptions. Tyler Allagier did most of his damage in the passing attack. Uh, he rushed 14 times for 39 yards, nothing to write home about. He caught all three of his targets for 46 yards and a touchdown. Caleb Huntley had a strong performance. He rushed the ball 16 times for 91 yards. Yet another week where Huntley was the better running back or the, best, the better rusher. Kyle Pitts actually, hold your breath, 
led the team in receive. He caught five of nine targets, 80 yards and a touch. They finally got him involved and he's showing that he can actually catch the ball if you throw it to him. This will be interesting next week because there's potential that Cordell Patterson can return for week nine. So I don't know what that does to the passing or the running game right now. He was one of the main guys that they like to get the ball to when he was in there. What do we like going forward from either of these teams? What do we don't like going forward? Well, I guess that guy wasn't crazy after all. He said Deontay Foreman was something like Derrick Henry. Henry. <laughs> Last year, I remember that. He said he's something like Derrick Henry. So, hey, maybe he knows something. I was they impressed. Have, they're in the same build, at least, for sure. Yeah, I was impressed with Foreman, not just because of performance, but Atlanta was pretty good against the run coming into this game. One of the better run-stopping teams. And for him to have that type of game, it was definitely impressive. Um, he's now looks like the bell cow. There's not many bell cows yep. in this league. Well, well, okay. Let me ask you this real quick. The week prior, it looked like Cuba Hubbard was the one that was going to get the most run as far as touches are concerned. Right. The fact that he was out this week, did that? Well, obviously that gave Foreman more touches, but do we think they just flip flop it now? Yep. Or is this going to be a 50 50 type of thing? No, he lost his job because I'm going to tell you why. Not okay. just because of yesterday's performance, but we've seen Cuba be the man before. Last year he was. And he didn't do much with it. They, right. There you go. So now. But they still gave him first dibs. Why was they, that? They did. But don't forget, Foreman was a free agent they bought in. So True. he wasn't too sold on Hubbard. They bought somebody in. And now you give this guy the opportunity to show and prove and he go out there and have this type of game? No way. No way they're going back to Cuba. Mm-mm. It's a wrap. They're going to let Foreman do his thing. I'm telling you, man. Like I said, this is a really good run defense. He had this hat trick against. So I was impressed with him. DJ Moore again, emerging. It was good to see him finally get back to being DJ Moore. Is a guy I end up getting. So that's, I, I'm glad I was able to get him while he was slumping. As far as the Falcons, man, they just, it's ugly. I don't know. They just win some ugly games, man. Like, they they are. The only yeah. reason I think Mariota still has a job is because, believe it or not, they're number one in the division. You can't, well, I wouldn't think that you could bench a quarterback who's currently number one in the yeah. division. So he, For everything he does, he do something bad, but then he do something good. You yeah. Know I mean? So yeah. it's kind of, like you said, the record is ugly, but they're, they're up there, you know, tops in the division. So we had the Bears go up against the Cowboys. This ended up being a 49 to 29 point victory for the Cowboys. Don't look now. This is actually the year that it isn't hyperbolic to say the Cowboys has a chance to win the championship. All that that the, the fans used to just spew every year when everybody knew before the season even started that they weren't going to make it. A lot of those issues are rectified. They can put up points on anybody and they can stop a whole lot of people from scoring. I think the most surprising thing in this game was the fact that Dak went into the half with over 20 points and he ended up with like only like 26 or something like that. So the second half, they kind of took it off the gas. But when you're 49 to 29 victory, you can kind of see why they, they kind of took it off the gas. Uh, Michael Gallup got a lot more involved. He had four receptions on six targets and 49 yards. Dalton Schultz actually led the team in receptions. He had six of seven targets, 74 yards. We told you that he would definitely be a lot more involved with Dak out there. Tony Pollard, in the absence of Ezekiel Elliott, rushed the ball 14 times for 131 yards, three touchdowns, three of them, and added one reception for 16 yards. Now, let me tell you what pissed me off. After this performance, Jerry Jones immediately states that Zeke is still the guy. Zeke is my guy. He's my Buckeye. But how the hell 
do you not let Tony Pollard take over the show when he showed you? But you still didn't give him as many carries as Zeke would normally get in a game like this. Zeke would have got 18 to 20 carries easily. He's doing what Zeke used to be able to do. And Jerry Jones is doing exactly what makes the Cowboys vulnerable to losing, which is holding on to nostalgia versus playing the best players. I think Pollard played as predicted. We did tell y'all to put yeah, Pollard in there. Play. He was going to yeah. go off. We definitely yeah. said that. So not really a surprise anyone on that. I mean, he did all that damage with 14 carries. You know what I'm saying? Very clean. You know, it was good to see Dak. Man, it is so crazy, right? I was watching this game. I know you're a deck. He had like 20-something at the half. I'm like, damn, this game is about to get crazy. Like, man, her, I think you had both of those guys. Them boys had 20-something points at halftime. And then and both they, of them only ended up getting like five points in the right, second they, half. Yeah, they kind of leaned you know, a cool on off in the second half. But uh, he looked good. He looked healthy. I, I get it how these Cowboy fans are. Every year they're going to win the damn Super Bowl. But this guy, these guys have a really good defense. It's the number one defense in fantasy. It was last year. I still think they'll move away. Like, I think they still didn't make a move. These guys need to get Kareem Hunt, to be honest with you, because I wouldn't, yeah. be, count, you know, I wouldn't be counting on no no damn uh, Zeke Elliott coming back. But here's the other it's, thing. It's, what we saw in the first few games is that if they lean on the run and just lean to that defense, and now you have a better quarterback to do it with, that's the recipe to win. And now yeah. you have a platoon. Now, I, I would go after another running back for two reasons. Number one, Maybe even Harris. Maybe. I wouldn't lean on Zeke, but then again, Zeke's not going to be there next year anyway. So go ahead and get the replacement now. True. I well, mean, hell, we don't know. J- Jerry Jones is one of them people. I mean, <laughs> Jerry just stop he it. might mess around and just keep him again. I mean, I mean I'm just saying. Yeah, if they're talking about a fourth round pick, is all it takes to get Kareem Hunt. Many teams have been on the phone. I think this is one of them. Uh, a running back would do well, and a wide receiver would do well. If he's only going to cost a fourth-round pick, you would think he would be traded already, wouldn't you? Yeah, but we haven't seen anything come across the line yet. Right, that's what I'm saying. So maybe they're asking for more. Well, that's what was the news was put out. They said they was able to take a fourth. I mean, so you just never know. So Some, what, what am I missing from real football knowledge that a fourth-round pick isn't worth a 26-year-old guy that has led the league in rushing? Like, what, what am I – What's the wart on Hunt? Whenever he's been given the opportunity in Cleveland, he showed and proved. Why would he not be worth a fourth round? A fourth? A fourth? Really? I don't know, man. That's what don't we know is more important than this one. I, I kind of feel like. Yeah, right. We had the Steelers go up against the Eagles. This was a 35 to 13 point victory for the Eagles. Bruh, A.J. Brown went T totally off. This dude, he was toying with these guys. It was he had three touchdowns, six receptions on eleven targets, hundred and fifty-six yards. It was ridiculous. Jalen Hurts had four touchdowns, nineteen of twenty-eight passing, two hundred and eighty-five yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Miles Sanders was efficient in his outing. He only carried the ball nine times, which I'm still not sure why they don't use him more. But he got seventy-eight yards and nine touches and a touchdown. So I, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need them to figure this thing out with Sanders. I don't know why they aren't comfortable with Sanders because. When he's been healthy, he's been doing his thing. That's another thing to kind of look at. Gollard ended up with six receptions for 64 yards. Uh, Devontae Smith, he really didn't do all that much. Um, He had five receptions on eight targets for 23 yards. So in a PPR, he didn't hurt you. He didn't lose your week, at least. But a standard league or a half point, you know, those five receptions didn't help you that much for sure. And the 23 yards definitely didn't help. As far as the Steelers were concerned, pretty much everybody left much to be desired. George Pickens had no receptions. 
you had a gimmick play with Chase Claypool throwing a touchdown. So unfortunately, that only got you four points. If that's the way your league is scored. So you really didn't even get as much from him as you could. He only got you 45 yards with four catches on six targets. Jalen Warren, the leading rusher in the loss. He rushed six times for 50 yards, um, securing all three of his targets for 25 yards. And just another dud from a guy that you took in the first or second round. He had six receptions. Najee Harris is who I'm speaking to. He had eight rushes for 32 yards, and then he had six receptions for 26 yards. So all in all, 58 yards, six receptions. So he did get you double digits um, in a PPR, but either shit or get off the pot. Either you're not healthy enough to be out there or you are, and your production is showing that you aren't. Take a week or two. Like, this is... It's damaging, in my opinion, the luster of what could be his career. They're going to bring this up when it comes time to, to uh, negotiate that next contract for sure. Kenny Pickett, 25 or 38, 198 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. He's still trying to get into the groove of things. Pat Fire moved 57 yards, not a whole lot to write home about there. The Texans went up against the Titans. This game ended up being quite a bit closer than I thought it would or should. This ended up being a 17 to 10 victory for the Titans. Man, um, it's it's a little too early in the year for him to be the Yeti, but I guess he was the Yeti for Halloween. And then when it gets cold, he'll continue to do so. He's the guy. He's, he's barring injury. He is the man over 200 yards. He carried the ball 32 times for 219 yards, two touchdowns, caught his only target for nine yards, stud. Uh, Malik Willis did very little. Um, I think this was a more of a we're going to keep giving the ball to Derek and hopefully Tannehill will be back next week, which kind of tells me they aren't in the vein of this guy might be ready to take over. They're just you're the next guy up until our actual starter is ready to go. None of the wide receivers did anything even close to special. Woods had two targets for 26 yards. Um, Dontrell Hilliard, the backup running back, he carried that ball eight times for 83 yards in the in his backup role. He did catch his only target for 12 yards, but outside of the running backs, not much to talk about in Tennessee. As far as the Texans were concerned, there's not really a whole lot to say. Yeah, Davis Mills is horrible. We can say He's, that. Yeah, well, we can we can say they're definitely going to draft a quarterback in this upcoming draft. We can say that too. 100%. He was coming in like the worst team in the league against the run. So I, I had a feeling that Henry would have one of those. Te- and he owns the Texans. The history of this, he, he does this in every year. So it's not really a surprise at all. And that was another guy that you said to definitely start in DFS this week. 100%. So if you started Henry and Pollard, as quoted, you had a pretty good foundation to start out for your DFS weekend. Damian Pierce carried the ball 15 times, only 35 yards, caught the ball three or five targets, 16 yards, ended up with a touchdown that kind of salvaged his day there. So he's continuing with his reliability, um, although he isn't having necessarily the highest of ceilings, if you will. My last couple of matchups, we have the Commanders against the Coats and the Packers against the Bills with the Commanders versus the Coats. It was a 17 to 16 point victory for the commanders. Say what you want about the usage of Gibson. He's been doing what he can with the leeway he's been given. And sooner or later, the coach might just have to swallow his pride and just be real about the fact that Gibson is the best 
running back on the team. Um, he recorded seven carries. He only had 19 yards there. He did have a touchdown in the receiving department. He had seven receptions on seven targets for 58 yards. Brian Robinson ended up with the carrying the ball eight times for 20 yards. So they basically had identical yardage as far as running was concerned. And Robinson did nothing as far as the targets and totals as far as receiving are concerned. Terry McLaurin tops 100 yards again. I mean, this this is his this is his guy. Six receptions, eight targets, 113 yards. He mossed Gilmore there and got the ball to the one-yard line. That that would have been a play for the ages if he could have just gotten that one extra yard because then it would have been played on ESPN for the next three weeks. But he had an, an awesome game there. So Taylor Heineke, 23 of 31, 279 yards, one touchdown, one interception. J.D. McKissick, two carries for six yards. Three of five targets for 14 yards. As far as the Colts were concerned, Jelani Woods, no targets. Mo Cox, no receptions. Keelan Granson, three receptions. He had 11 yards, so the tight ends really didn't do anything at all. Naeem Hines had a total of 49 yards and a touchdown. Sam Ellinger had 17 of 23 for 201. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Alec Pierce led the Colts in receiving. Three receptions on five targets for 65 yards. Michael Pittman, nine targets, seven receptions, 53 yards. Jonathan Taylor had a little bit of an injury scare there. He ended up with 16 attempts, 76 yards. And that was pretty much all that Indy was able to muster. What would you have in this one? Uh, not a whole lot to talk about, honestly, in this game. Um, pretty lackluster. Oh, my God. What happened to Jonathan? <laughs> What's up with Jonathan Taylor, man? Like... <laughs> That ankle still ain't right, and and he obviously re-injured it in this game. Yeah, he did. So he was getting heavily taped. They just need to sit him. Yeah, the, the ex- I mean, Deion Jackson. Weeks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Deion Jackson played well in uh, in substitution. You know what I mean? So yeah. give him an opportunity to go ahead and get this guy back to 100% because right now he's not really helping the team at all. You didn't already bench Matt Ryan, uh-huh. so it ain't like y'all going for nothing this year. If he's healthy, play him. But damn, give him a couple weeks. He obviously not healthy. Yeah. Not a lot to see here. Uh, I think you pretty much took bases on everything. Uh, it was good to see uh, Shaquille Leonard come back. The defense played you know, pretty well. Yeah. Uh, fantasy implications, not much to see here. I think Elgin doesn't help any of these guys out. Pittman, Pierce, Campbell, like, I understand they bench Ryan, but I don't think Ellinger is the answer as well. Facts. Uh, the answer may be in, the answer may be in college. Yep. Or the answer may be on, <laughs> on someone else's team. team, right? You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? So last matchup, we had the Buffalo Bills go up against the Packers. Green Bay looks craptastic. The only silver lining is Aaron Jones, who rushed the ball twenty times for hundred and forty-three yards. Caught four of five targets for 14 yards. He's basically the silver lining. And the thing about his silver lining is it even more so darkens the cloud of A.J. Dillon. Rushed the ball 10 times for 54 yards. I don't know what his deal is, but you can't blame the O-line. You can't blame the play calling and things of that nature when the other running back on the team is outrushing you every week. This is a you thing. You got to get you in gear. I don't know what the hell's going on there. The only person that is even worth attempting to hold on to on this team, in my opinion, is Aaron Jones. And I don't know that the feebleness of everybody else on the team might not end up rubbing off on him at a time that is at, at a time that you definitely don't want it to happen, like playoff time. But I don't trust anybody on this team but Jones. 
Yeah, offensively, I mean, that's the only person you can trust. I mean, Aaron Rodgers can't really trust him because he don't have the weapons to do his job. This team is just, I don't understand the holdup. They should have been against some some receivers in there. Uh, they had all offseason, and they had this season. Now we have the trade deadline, and they still haven't made a move. Everybody just want to talk. The talking need to stop now. Like, give this guy some help. Um, Aaron Jones, like I say, he's played well. But that's it. That's all they have. Like, they have nothing else going. It's just horrible to see. Because Aaron Rodgers still got it. I mean, he's he getting nowhere. Like, guys run the wrong routes. You can see they didn't. They did too many drills at the end of the game. And you could tell those guys not used to that. So they had to call. They had to get in the huddle a few times. Yeah, he actually throw the ball away, you know what I'm saying, a lot of times to stop the clock and then so they can get huddled. Like, it was just awful. Awful. The Buffalo Bills did what they do. Now, the one thing that surprised me in this game, James Cook, he combined for 76 yards in the win. He had uh, five rushing attempts for 35 yards. He caught his own target for 41 yards. They're using him a little bit more now. He's the clear number two guy behind Devin Singletary. And it's almost the same way that we see Rashad White kind of creeping up. James Cook is doing the same thing in Buffalo. And we know based on all the running backs that they have been in on that they're not 100% sold on Singletary, regardless of what his fantasy output has been as of late. Gabe Davis, he had seven targets, only two receptions, 35 yards, maybe a buy low week, maybe if you can try to go get him. Uh, Devin Singletary had 83 yards on 15 touches. Dawson Knox found the end zone. Stefan Diggs did exactly what he does. Six of eight, 108 yards and a touchdown. Josh Allen throws two picks, which is kind of out of the ordinary for him. 13 of 25, 218 yards, two passing touchdowns, two interceptions. This is probably about the worst fantasy game that you're going to see from him all year. And that's saying something because he still did much better than quite a few quarterbacks out there. So that's where we are right now. Zach Moss is still in the mix of being traded. We'll kind of see what happens there. But he was back in the mix, so they didn't make him inactive. But he's definitely still out there on the block. But what do you have on on, on Buffalo as we wrap up? Uh, Buffalo just did what they had to do. They played a bad team. They got the dub. Um, I agree with you. This wasn't the best game for Josh Allen, but it was enough. Stephon Diggs is Stephon Diggs. Like, that boy problem. No matter how, against any corner. Was, he's playing against a great corner this game. And he does what he do. He definitely deserves a top five consideration as far as wide receivers in this league. I think it's time to go ahead and give him that. Those flowers on that. Buffalo, I mean, they did lose a guy in the second. I think Poirier got hurt this game. Yeah, he did. Tredavious um, White supposed to be back. They activated him, but whether he'll play this week is still unknown. Them rookies been getting the job done, though. They have. I've been pleasantly surprised. I mean, you got some six-rounders back there. and they've been, But that, that goes to say once Poya and uh, what's my other guy, the other safety? Tredavious White? Oh, no. Another safety. Ah, um, uh, damn. It's right on the tip of my tongue. I can't think of it. Um, he's, he's, he's an all-pro, though. But yeah. once those two guys come back, that uh, experience these young guys are getting, they're going to make it give them a lot of depth. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So moving forward, that's a great move. I mean, it was forced into the move, but for them to be playing well, it, it serves great for this team. And that about wraps up the show for today. We'll be back to you in just a couple of days to give you a preview for week nine to make sure that you know the best DFS and start sit advice. Until then, we out.